Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, which is a podcast where we review every X-Men animated show episode ever. In chronological order. And we never sleep. And today, we're going to be going into the Morlock Tunnels. someone's killing you well the morlocks are pretty scary we're gonna head deep underground oh my god into the subway of new york yeah we're gonna go into the subway of new york city where we're gonna meet the morlocks and the ninja turtles and the chud this is like yet another episode where i'm like where is the expansion like they're just bopping to and from new york city like just just land in the x jet somewhere like who even knows how they're getting over well there? apparently they might have their own secret subway maybe i don't know i'm or, making I shit know. up i we can get to it i just thought that was like yet another moment when i was like where are they where <laughs> are the x-men located right now they like just, where physically are they well you know if they can take a blackbird across the united states and nobody notices them then they can get to new york city and find parking am i right oh anyway. vip <laughs> bitches all right so uh before we even do <laughs> you like that uh um, so before we even do the recap. my recap of the last episode, mm-hmm. I'm going. I want to take a moment to talk about how this episode is based on two really important X Men story arcs that happened in the '80s, completely at different times, and are huge, like twenty issue story arcs. Each they compacted into twenty minutes and made stupid. I thought it was great. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing is that they have the storyline in here where Storm and Callisto fight for the leadership of the Morlocks, mm-hmm. and it's it's also close to his origin story. So that is true, but it also combines all the Morlocks that were featured in the Mutant Massacre, which is in the comic books when all the X Men pretended to die because the marauders were going around and just killing mutants uh and they killed a shitload of the morlocks um so it's really weird to see these characters on screen because after i watched it last night i was trying to get the names of all these random fucking morlocks that are like hopping around in the background and Uh so you know we have the mutant massacre graphic novel here here and i was reading it last night and some of the characters in this literally like show up and die immediately in the comic books like shot in the face died so it's very strange that they're all in this episode 
there's not a ton of death on this show, so it would be kind of intense if they were like, and now a massacre on a children's <laughs> Well, show. I mean, they already opened up, like, the first episode. They're like, let's just kill off one of the main X-Men. Sounds well, good. yes, but that's because they're going to hold Morph's death over our head for the entire rest of the series, well, which happens at the beginning of this episode. Um yeah. I think Professor X, like, name drops Morph up top and is like, remember Morph dying? Yeah. He's like, remember Morph dying? Do you want to happen that happened to you? So here's some more PTSD for you to deal with, because I'm Charles Xavier and I'm super fucking great. <laughs> so I'm going to go wheel probably... over here and eat my fucking Cheetos and you're all going to fucking beat each other. Bye. <laughs> I mean, that's how it starts off. Do we want to do we want to go into <laughs> the recap? The recap. Are you ready? Yeah, you just had to you just had to get on your little comic book soapbox and be like, listen up, folks, <laughs> the Morlocks are real. Oh, I think I say Charles Xavier is a fucking douchebag. Oh, I mean, we're already like living on that soapbox. We've set up <laughs> residence on that soapbox. That's just a, that's just an endemic part of our show. Yeah. But um, so so this episode starts with instead of like a recap of what happened before there's just like a really cool montage of like a bunch of other fight scenes from right, previous episodes right 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 no dialogue there's the no dialogue it's that. just they showed only the animated parts of them using their yeah. powers and i they was like what showed a bunch of really cool fight scenes like in a row with some ambient music in the background well get like, ready right, because we're fun. gonna get like 50 more of those in this one episode well so, yeah previously on the x-men so as we know, the X-Men broke into the mutant control facility. Uh, Beast was put in prison. He's still not out of prison. He's still there. Nope. Um, they freed Jubilee, and Jubilee joined the X-Men. Morph died. Then Magneto came into the picture, and Xavier and Professor Xavier, like, bitch fought each other for, like, two episodes about can we trust humans or mutants or who do we trust, but I just want to go on a date. Yeah, like, are we going to go to the movies tonight? Storm and Rogue were super gay together. Sabretooth Mm -hmm. was being, uh, like, operated on his mind. And operated is not the right word, but, like, mind therapy. Uh, Sabretooth's mind was being penetrated by Professor X repeatedly. (laughs) That's perfect. Perfect thing. And then he escapes because Jubilee's like, sure, I'll let you out. And then he tries to kill her, but instead he fucks Wolverine. And then he fucks Wolverine but... so hard that Wolverine passes out and Sabretooth gets away. Mm-hmm. And Sabretooth, and Sabretooth Tooth... scratches Wolverine really hard on the chest. And Wolverine is still recovering from this like intense Sabretooth chest wound at the yep. beginning of this episode. And also Sabretooth was working for Magneto all along, whether or not mm-hmm. that was intentional or not, but... He apparently. I mean, he claimed to be working for Magneto all along, but we don't. We're. I guess we're going to find out more about that later. This episode doesn't get into that. Yeah, we're just going to take a whole sideline from that storyline and just tell a completely different story. We just talked about. Forget about it because this is a whole new storyline we're kicking off that doesn't have to do with any of that. Yep, because I guess they're introducing like more layers to the x-men universe so that's why they hopped into the morlocks because the morlocks also aren't regular mutants right. i mean i guess they are but well, like they just they are but no i yeah. think in this are even worse than they are in the comic books <laughs> <laughs> well we can get to that so the episode starts off the actual episode starts off with 
everybody's in the danger room and this is the first time Jean Grey gets to do anything. She's yeah, it's the first time there. we see like Jean Grey and Gambit since episode one and they're all standing super fucking cool. Mm-hmm. They're all posed and at first it, it's sort of like a gotcha moment where you think that they're in a real fight but then you realize pretty quickly they're actually in the danger room. Yeah, and um, then the danger room comes to life and immediately we hear Professor Xavier be like, remember this isn't a game! Remember what happened to Morph? And then he just... <laughs> Immediately starts shooting guns and grenades and lasers and tentacles fly out of the mm-hmm. walls. And What's like... interesting about this is that Storm is in charge during this little danger room run through. Yeah. She's calling the shots. She's ordering everybody around. And Rogue at one point is like grabbing Storm's arm romantically and being like, what should we do, sugar? And then Storm <laughs> is like, I'll give the orders. And it's it's adorable. And then um, the walls start closing in because I guess Professor X thinks that like having guns shooting directly at the X-Men isn't enough. And then Storm has this PTSD flashback again. And she's like, no, the walls are caving in. Yeah, Make it she keeps stop. Flashing Make back it to, stop. Like, I know. This she's moment like, when she was a kid and like a building was collapsing, which we saw in the previous right. episode. And we, I mean, we know of storm's actual backstory in the comic books but in this has not been revealed to right. the general audience yet and it's building up to that it, it doesn't get into it in this episode but well, they're we, not really even showing us anything they're just showing us storm as a child like looking scared like we're getting nothing to go on here right right <laughs> like, but so so storm is freaking out and she's begging for the professor to stop uh and storm f- i don't even know if she's out. like conscious enough to be saying like aware that she's in the danger room in this moment like that wasn't how i interpreted it i didn't interpret it as her being like you know stop turn off the danger room she's just like freaking out she's freaking out like she's basically catatonic yeah she creates a tire fucking tornado that she whips around and everyone's screaming because they're being swept away in a massive Mm -hmm. tornado and And xavier at that point is like doesn't do jack shit yeah xavier's just sitting there like (laughs) wondering if he should hit the off button or not like he doesn't even he's he's busy eating cheetos i literally don't know what he's doing he's doing jack shit here (laughs) he's like busy jerking it up there i don't know and fucking uh, jubilee is here probably on her first danger room mission which she was fucking nailing with her and rogue together they and gambit all three of them were just like mm-hmm. really badass it's a pretty cool pretty cool danger room scene yeah yeah um so they're all sort of like avoiding storms wind freak out and until she passes out yeah i think she just like tires herself out from like using all of her powers essentially and faints right and then everyone's fine i guess and and rogue just like kind of holding her and yeah rogue rogue d- goes to her girlfriend and she's like don't worry you're just saving your good moves for next time and they're adorable yeah and, and jubilee's concerned and then xavier projects himself into the danger room because he's too good to fucking just go down there himself he's like maybe 10 feet away but he like projects himself as a fucking ghost again like he did with kitty pride and pride of the x-men <laughs> yeah and I don't remember what he does. He just projects himself in, and Storm is like, I wish not to leave the session, Professor Xavier. It's my claustrophobia getting the best of me. And Xavier's just like, too bad, Storm. You're going to have to get used to it because this happens on the field. You're going to ruin everything and everyone's going to die and it's going to be all because of you. doesn't matter that you were going to commit suicide two episodes ago to save everyone. Now everyone's on your shoulders again. So if you can't do this and you're stupid and useless, I don't like. That's That was actually verbatim. 
way, that, <laughs> by the way, isn't a great way to train someone to go into battle. If I actually like don't remember what he says s- there. He, I don't he does either. Have, I, think yeah. he, I don't think he says that at all. But well, no, he has a monologue where he screams at her for being like, unable to run the mission and that he he has to get over her ptsd and all this shit and i was like xavier calm the fuck down like yeah i i zoned out on this because i was busy writing down a note about how cute rogue and storm were together and i was like professor x is talking and i don't care i'm just well don't worry what you missed (laughs) is that professor x is still a (laughs) douchebag he's like the worst teacher ever the worst trainer he's just so bad he's so bad i I cannot understand what makes him think that by chronically giving everybody like terrible trauma, PTSD, like attacks, how that's going to help them or asking them to revisit their PTSD to help their like worst enemies or telling children to watch murderers. I don't like, you know, he's pretty bad at his at like everything. And it's weird because he's like older than everybody else. Like everybody else is like in their 20s or whatever, except Wolverine, who's eternal. But like, well, is he, he in this show? He should be old enough to like be a good role model. But instead, he's just like an asshole. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how old Wolverine is on the show. They don't actually tell you. I mean, we don't know, but apparently he doesn't heal as fast as he normally would because now I we cut to. I wondered about that. He does heal eventually. I mean, but in this next scene, we check back in on Wolverine. Um, I know, I know, he heals in later episodes, but I guess they kind of retcon this at the beginning of the show. I don't know. I mean, but, he still heals, and like, I was like, okay, maybe this is supposed to be like Sabretooth is so strong and special and cool that like when he attacks Wolverine, it seriously hurts him or something, and it yeah. like takes him a few days. They I don't, don't explain know. that, but like. I know, but they also had Morph pushing him out of the way because... I know, that was crazy. I mean, we went over that before. We did. But yeah, I, I can't explain that at all. So speaking of Wolverine, we're going to cut over to him, and he's in his bedroom doing fucking kung fu. Like, he's wearing a <laughs> gi and everything. He's wearing a gi and He's like trying belt. out to be the next karate kid. He really wants to be the next karate kid. <laughs> he's just trying to get back in shape because he's hurt. He's yeah. just doing Wolverine stuff, hand-to-hand combat. You know how it is. Yeah, Wolverine's just... He's going to go to Japan. <laughs> yeah, he's a cool 90s kid. He's having a 90s arc right now. And yeah. then Jean is in the doorway, and she's standing there. Looking hot. Wearing yeah, actually... A, wearing a that... really hot dress, because she's actually all dressed up for her date with Cyclops. But I didn't know that at first. I was like, whoa, look at well, Jean. Holy shit. You know what? Classic Jean, though, showing up. You're like, I have to go on a date with Cyclops, Wolverine. But first, Just stopping by to say hello. Wolverine's like... room, like, completely decked out in, like, a beautiful dress and makeup with my hair looking amazing. And just I be know. like, hey, Logan. <laughs> It's God. the, the All love the ex- triangle is like absurd. Uh, you know what? I it's it. like Whatever. I remember us being like Cyclops, Gene, and Wolverine is the most chaotic love triangle. But but that was before we read so much of the X Men to realize that the entire group of the X Men are just in one massive like dramatic soap opera orgy. Yeah. So yes, but this is like the classic love triangle that everybody knows about. Um, and so Jean is, like, checking in on Wolverine to, like, see how he is. Yeah, and she's like, Wolverine, you're supposed to be resting. Even you can't heal this fast. Yes. And so I guess he can heal. <laughs> well, but then secondly, <laughs> two seconds later, Wolverine's like, I'm fine. And then he moves a little bit, and he's like, ah! <laughs> 
And Jean immediately goes to him and like is standing way too close to him and like kind of cuddling him. Yeah, and, and like also like rubbing his nipples a little bit. Like. Yeah, and being like, Logan, are you okay? Be careful. And oh. and then Whoa. she's like, wait, Scott's waiting for me. And Logan goes, so, so am, am I. I. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, you guys! Like, and at this point, I just I, wrote down, "Why are they like this?" I don't remember. <laughs> I, I didn't remember how this episode went, so I was like, sort of annoyed at this point because I was like, okay, so Jean has done nothing in this show, and now she's finally doing something to be like the tension between two men. I but, know, but I but was, the episode I, doesn't necessarily go that way. It I mean, doesn't we get to it, it. Doesn't it actually like does the. It kind of like reversed the roles a little bit because Cyclops is about to like become Cyclops the, is the damsel in distress. Yeah, and he's also sort of sexualized in a weird way in this. Yeah, so. we can get to that. I was really surprised. <laughs> I was, by yeah, that. I don't remember any of that either. <laughs> Because okay, I, well, we have to get to it. Um, right, but anyway, so, so there's this stupid romantic tension between Logan and Jean, which I call stupid, but I, you know, I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's who so, they are. So it cuts to the Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense. Which I guess is the movie version. I, I don't fucking know. They're in New York City. It could be Broadway, but there's literally no other theaters on that street, so probably not. But it's like on a marquee that looks like a cinema. I don't know. It's probably who fucking knows. Anyway, <laughs> they're not even in New York. Scott and Jean are on a date and they went to see the Phantom of the Opera, the movie, the musical. Who knows? They saw it and they're walking out and Jean is like trying to talk to Scott about it. And he like, it just isn't responding. And she's like, hello. <laughs> Ground control to Cyclops. And he's like, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about how important it is to me to be an X-Man. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, Scott? He's like, you just like went on a date. And you're like, all I can think about is being an X-Man all I can and, think and about pleasing Professor Xavier. Yeah, he says I'm sure. that too. He's like, I'm just keep thinking about how I can fulfill Professor Xavier's expectations and like really do the best job I can. And Gene is like, dude, we're on a date right now. Yeah, can you stop thinking about sucking Charles Xavier's dick? <laughs> like, what the like, fuck? While I'm here, can yeah, you? Yeah, Jean, Jean really please? should be rethinking her decisions at this point because she's like, man, I should have really stayed with Wolverine because at least I would have gotten laid tonight. Like, I know, right? <laughs> Holy shit! Um, and so she says that she's like, can you please just put work aside for like one night because we're literally on a date to do precisely that? And he's like, great point. After so, three hours of not doing that, I've decided you're right, and I'm gonna finally fucking give a shit. And she's like, cool. Let's make out on this lamppost. Mm-hmm, they kiss, and it's cute. And, and then, then they're immediately interrupted because this, like, little green child steals a piece of fruit using magic. Yep, it's a <laughs> leech, by the way, who has the powers to make other people's powers go away temporarily. And I don't remember him having telekinesis necessarily at this point, but I think later in Generation X he did have it, so I don't fucking know. I well, also don't care. I don't like leech. He's pretty annoying in this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he uses like sparkles to steal the <laughs> he's fruit. got fucking fairy sparkles it's really weird i was like, like what is this character's powers i definitely didn't think it was leech because it was just like a child using sparkles <laughs> it wasn't even jubilee it was just like <laughs> it's just like a little green kid using he sparkles could, but he can leech. just sing to the fruit and it comes to him but it doesn't mm-hmm. work out because like the cart dude 
is like sees him and it's like oh it's a mutant it's stop yeah. the mutant he's stealing my food and like first of all i'm thinking i'm like why is there a cart of fruit just randomly open at like 10 p.m 11 i mean it's new york city and true <laughs> and i thought about that for a second but then it was like but still it's just fruit it's a little weird it and is then, a little odd but like usually the farmer's market isn't open that late but right but maybe then it would maybe be. it was know. because seconds later like 20 other dudes from their carts show up but there's no other carts they just like appear out of the wall <laughs> i mean i guess there were other carts around i don't know but like a lot of other humans suddenly show up and they're really fucking mad and they're all on this fruit seller's side and they're like mad enough to like attack this kid yeah basically. they're gonna they're all gonna like beat the shit out of this kid and we're like Holy shit. Yeah, like this scene goes from zero to 60. Like <laughs> this instantly. whole episode, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. It's a fucking like game of pawn. Yeah. Um, so they, so- the kid runs into the subway and everybody chases him. And as soon as they get down into the subway, there's all these other, these Morlocks there. Yeah. Which is just a collection of sort of unusual looking mutants. But we don't know well, anything about them Well, we know that the, there's one dude that's standing there and he looks a lot like the comic book version of Legion with an eye patch on. But that's actually this guy named Erg. Okay. Um, <laughs> and there's also the guy who can shoot like, like gray cement. cement. Yeah, but I don't know if... I think that's supposed to be a re-envisioning of Tarface because that's the only thing that I could like piece together. I was trying to like look at the Encyclopedia of Mutants and all that from like that time period that they came out, and there was a guy named like Tarface or Tarpit that like had similar powers, but he didn't look anything like that. So I'm just gonna go ahead and assume that it's like Tarface. We're gonna call him that for this episode. That's a good idea because they don't tell us what his name is and he keeps showing up to shoot cement at people. Yeah, we don't know any of these fucking people. And so he's he traps all these people that are down there, including it's not at this point. It's not just like the people that were chasing Leech. It's also people that are just waiting for the train. I and know. he like and cements so, them yeah, all Tarface, into like, this. creates a cement wall behind all these people. So they're suddenly trapped inside the train station. And then two of the people get thrown on the tracks. I don't know, by maybe that like Erg guy or something. Somehow somebody gets thrown on the tracks. Right. And Gene and Cyclops find this wall. They're like, the fuck? So Gene just moves it telekinetically. Which is crazy, by the way. Oh, I know. And Gene's like, who are they? And Cyclops is like, must be mutants. And I'm like, thanks, Cyclops. And then Cyclops is like, they're dangerous. We're going to have to protect the people from them. Which I thought was interesting because like a couple episodes, Cyclops was protecting Sabretooth from humans with no questions asked. I know. And then now all of a sudden he's like, wait, these mutants seem bad. Maybe we should protect the humans. And I'm like, Cyclops, like... It's like you're only now realizing that morally gray situations exist. Like, you know what I mean? It's well, like it's like we're like on, watching Cyclops figure out his politics as the episodes go oh, along. Oh, totally. But to be fair, of course he can't tell if it's morally gray or not because he can only see in red. Wah, wah. <laughs> okay, also there's a brief moment when Cyclops like tries to take off his sunglasses to help Gene by attacking things and is like, I don't have my visor. I can't figure out how to do anything. It's and like, I was like, Are you fucking shitting me, Cyclops? You can literally look at something and, and shoot. destroy it. Like what? <laughs> okay, so so anyway, there's a train coming, and Jean saves them with her psychic powers. Jean and that, does all the work here. Right, she destroys this, the wall that gets them in there, and then she uses her telekinesis to lift the people off the tracks in time. They're safe. Everyone's safe. She uses her telekinesis to like break up the fight, essentially. Right, and there's um, 
I, the, hold on, I've lost my place here. Well, the next thing that happens is Anna Lee shows up. Yeah, yeah, Anna Lee does show up, but there's that big dude who, I don't know who that's supposed to be, maybe a re-envisioning of Caliban, I'm not sure, but he keeps on fighting Rogue and all the big, strong characters in this, and I'm just gonna have to keep on calling him the big dude, because, like... Yeah, I didn't know who that guy was either. I was hoping, I was hoping you would know, but I'm a li- I am feel better now that you don't. I think there were some <laughs> characters created for this episode, but he may not be, and I just couldn't figure it out. Uh, anyway, yeah. so Anna Lee, which is, like, this old grandmother... Who has mm-hmm. hypnosis powers. I don't know why she's living down there. Because she just looks like a grandmother. She looks, yeah, she... I mean, we can get to this, but she and Callisto just look like people. Yeah, Callisto just looks like she went to a goth club. Yeah. She looks like a vampire. <laughs> but anyway, Annalie puts everybody to sleep. And that's everybody. Like, the humans, like, the mutants, everyone just falls right. asleep. And then so... Uh, I, and I remember I was watching this and everyone's going to sleep. And I was like, you know... I feel like this episode has potential to be, like, creepy and frightening to children, but it's so stupid. <laughs> you but know, I like, mean, that's kind of good, though, right? I mean, that's sort of the, the balance that they well, try to split I, with stuff like this, is, like, have it be kind of funny and, like, I you think know? that there's been other stuff that we've gone back every watch that has been written for children that's been scarier than this is. But it's definitely trying to do a creepy vibe here. Uh, so then Callista walks out of the shadows after not helping anyone at all. She's just standing in the shadows watching this shit. And she's like, ha ha ha, I'm Callisto. We cut away and we cut to Wolverine, who's back Wolverine at the X-Mansion. Is in bed. He's like masturbating to a picture of fucking Jean Grey and Cyclops. Uh, because it's apparently he has a photo of the two of them together, which right, but I guess without he stole? him in it. Okay, so this is also a famous meme. This it is, is a famous meme. Like, the thing, everyone has seen this, like, animated series picture of Wolverine lying in bed looking longingly at a, at a photo, a framed photo. And usually people replace the photo with, like, you know, any number of funny images. But it's actually just him looking longingly at a picture of Cyclops and Jean, which is fucking weird. It is really fucking weird. And also, like, he doesn't even you know have what else is weird? of Jean. This isn't even, like, that's not even the only weird part. I, I guess Wolverine just chills out in his costume, in I his know. bedroom. I, I don't know why he's, he's doing in that. His full outfit. His mask is off, and I'm like, I, "What? You're at home, dude." And he like, doesn't normally do it. Either. And I was like, maybe the other characters also do that, but it doesn't because then seconds later we go out into the hall where Gambit and Rogue turn a corner wearing. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Nothing at all. The tiniest fucking swimsuits, which then begs the question, is there like a sauna at the x Mitch? I don't know, but also they're not, they're wearing, I don't know what they're wearing on their face. They're wearing like sleep masks. I know. And like, and they're walking down this fucking hallway, like blindfolded and naked. And I'm like, is this like a thing we do at the (laughs) X-Mansion? I mean, I realize I'm screaming, okay. but I had so many questions about this. Okay, meanwhile, I also have a question about what they're saying, which is that they're walking down the hall and Rogue just goes, where's the lovebirds? And Gambit is like, 
let them have their fun or whatever. And I'm like, okay, no one would ever say those things. Like (laughs) if you and I were like hanging out at a house and like a couple wasn't there, I would never be like, where's the lovebirds? And I know it's like, like, why the fuck do they care where Gene and Scott are? Like Like, literally, why do they care? Is Rogue just like, I was planning on fucking Gene tonight and I can't figure (laughs) out where she is. Rami's like, that's funny. I was going to do the same thing. So it's like literally why are they discussing other characters relationships? Because it's the X-Men and like they live in this school like a frat house even though they're like in it their 20s. Very, it feels like a college dorm. Like it especially really the fact that they're does. like walking around in their bathing suits. I know. Suits. And like, "Come on, Rogue, let me get closer to your skin." And they like giggle right away. I know. She's basically naked and they're standing really close together. Yeah, Remy's wearing like a thon. <laughs> He's wearing like no clothes, guys. I mean, it was, I'm not going to lie. I was like, ooh, hey, hello, Gambit. But then I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? It's pretty funny. So anyway, as they're walking by talking about that, the whole purpose of those lines is just so that Wolverine, Wolverine gets can bad. overhear them talking about Scott and Jean being on a date and, and throw a little tantrum by himself in his room. <laughs> and he's like, and he throws the picture and it like breaks and then. I mean, I don't know. He's just mad. And then, like, he claws out Cyclops from the picture and mm-hmm. puts a split between him and Gene. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, Wolverine. Fucking classic Logan. I anyway, mean, we, we, we cut... love Logan. We love him. But he uh, is a drama course, queen. But he needs to calm down. Yeah. Um. So we cut back to Scott, who is on a, like, metal table. He's, like pinned down on a random metal table and he opens his eyes and he doesn't need his glasses yeah like he doesn't have his powers all of a sudden right, so we can see cyclops's eyes which is really leech weird is standing there and leech basically is like thanks for helping leech you help leech leech help you which i guess doesn't really explain what's happening but we know that leech has the ability to like make other mutant he powers stop says that i mean like scott is like shocked that his powers are gone and he's like whoa what the heck is going on and, and leech is like I fixed your eyes. It's yeah. my power. But he like doesn't really explain it. And he's like, anyway, you're all set now. But then the big dude just lifts Cyclops up and like throws him. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? And he like drags him through a hallway. So I'm like, why do we have this interaction of Leech being like, you're safe now. Just kidding. Bye bye. <laughs> and also, I'm not going to explain to you why you don't have your power anymore. Also, we get to meet Callisto talking to... um. Callisto's sitting on her throne, and that's where Cyclops gets, gets thrown to, is in front of her throne. And mm-hmm. Callisto sounds like Nebula from Guardians Callisto of the Galaxy. Callisto does a little monologue where she's like, I'm Callisto. She has like the weirdest the voice of this. I know. And we're too unsightly to pass for human. <laughs> <laughs> she says that. <laughs> but then it does that pan over, and they're like, we are too unsightly for the human surface. It does this pan over of like 20 shittily animated <laughs> Morlocks are just fucking, and like some of them are actual Morlocks, but most of them are like really poorly drawn doodles in the background. Like they're not even fully colored in. Like there's a dude in the background who's got two. (laughs) This guy in the background who has two little beady eyes and just a mouth that's open, of little spikes coming out of his head. And then it like passes this guy who has like, who's like got a fucking pterodactyl head. 
but a human body. And I was like, okay, that's not Soren. In fact, that's not even a character. I don't know who the fuck these people are. Just somebody's job was to quickly draw like 20 mutants. Oh my God, it really was. And then it gets over, it keeps going because I thought it was done on the first panel, but no, it keeps going. <laughs> and we get like a shitty animation of somebody that looks like a whiz robe from Zelda next to uh, next to a sexy King Zarkon from Voltron. Um, and I was like, the fuck is happening? Now, the whiz robe turns out to be Mask. I just didn't recognize him there because he was so poorly animated that I, like, couldn't fucking tell. I mean, you paid more attention than I did. I just was already, like, distracted by the fact that <laughs> Callisto is saying this, but she looks fine. Like, she just <laughs> is a person. She admittedly has an eye patch and she she's has a scar on She's got some, like, her scars on her face. And but, she's, like, like, having scars on your face doesn't mean you can't, like, walk around. Right, right. So she's like, we can't pass a vaguely human in the outside, so we are forced to live down here. And it's like, bitch, Turns- you're fine. I know. Like, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> and then she's like snaps and a bunch of TV screens come on and we see Cyclops fighting like Sentinels and stuff okay, from other episodes. Okay, this was hilarious to me too. I okay, was like, so- was Callisto there taping them in the bushes all this time? I, I was like, how did too. she get this footage? I fucking wrote the same thing down. Okay, okay, wait. We have to back up and explain this. I can't. <laughs> I can't explain this episode. I like was laughing so hard because I was like, I gave up like within the five seconds of Xavier being like, I'm going to give everybody a PTSD attack to make them fight better. And I was like, this episode's already done. We're done. I have to do 60 more minutes of this. Yep. Okay. So Callisto brings Cyclops forward and she's like, we've been watching you. You're a great warrior. And then she like shows him this TV that they have, which first of all, they have like a big TV. She also has like 20 of them. Plugged into nothing. And they somehow got all of this footage of Cyclops fighting the Sentinels, of all things, which I guess that was public, but, like, how the fuck did they get it? Are they just, like, running around No, because it's, like, specifically, like, the videos of him fighting the Sentinels at the Mutant Control Agency. So she would have to have either stolen security footage or been in the bushes being like, Oh, Cyclops, you're gonna be the perfect mate. Because that's what's revealed, is that then she's like you are going to be my mate and will help me produce an heir to my throne. And Cyclops is like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know, Nicholas is like, when I saw your leadership, I knew it was my destiny to have you rule beside me. So she's like kidnapped Cyclops to be her personal sex slave, which I admit I was not expecting. Yeah, I was expecting this to be them like tossing Jean around, but then immediately, because Jean's captured, but immediately... Uh, Cyclops is like objectified as the sexual thing in this, yeah, I which mean, I was like not expecting kind of, at all. I wasn't expecting it. It's this is like a, an underground matriarchal society where like Callisto's just kidnapping a guy she thinks is hot and I mean threatening to rape. Him. I mean like, in the in, in the let's comic not books, mince words here. This would be rape if it happened. No, because it's Cyclops like that's literally like, what's happening fuck here. No, and in the comics, it's not Cyclops. This happens to it's Archangel, which in my Head makes a little bit more sense because she would want to mate with somebody who's beautiful. But Cyclops is like a fucking weirdo with glasses. Like, I mean, he looks pretty cute, like without the glasses. I was impressed by like the hair volume and like, you know, he, he, he used a lot of hairspray today. He's looking good. He's looking pretty good in this episode because he has to. Apparently, I wonder if anybody knows- has to believe that Callisto like saw him and was like, look at this hottie. Like, oh, my God. I just have this vision of Cyclops fucking putting on eye makeup in the morning and like crying and be like, no one can see it. 
That's so cute. He's like, my eyeliner is running, but you can't see it past my visor. You should draw that comic. Oh my god, somebody anyway, should draw at this. At some point, just like as an aside, Cyclops randomly says, sunlight fuels my power, and that's why it's not working. And I was like, that's fucking bullshit. Who why wrote this episode? Why does he say that? Because <laughs> that isn't the reason his power isn't working. It's not working because of Leech. Why yeah, do they even write that Her fucking line? Morlock that lives there did it. She knows these Morlocks' powers. And also, also, if our listeners are confused, the episode is this confusing. Like, that is the level of what the conversations are like. It's just random things are happening. It's What's the name of this episode also? It's Captive Hearts, right? Uh, yeah. Captive right. Hearts. We never even because said the name. Because it's a romantic episode. Yeah, romantic. And so he's like, where's Jane? And Cyclops is rubbing Cyclops' cheek. And she's like, I'll tell you once when you agree to stay. And, and Cyclops is like not interested, and, cl- and then I like think it was funny when she was like, "But I have to make an air." And Cyclops goes, "So take out an ad." Okay, that's coming up because I was like, Cyclops's response to that was like, "Yeah, if you want to get laid, just fucking go on Craigslist." Trust me, I go there all the time. Well, get a classified ad, really, because it's still the '90s. But yeah, and so she does. She does reveal where Jean is and says that you know, like she's going to kill Jean if. Yeah. And if he doesn't work with her, Jean's chained to the ceiling with a blindfold yeah, they, on. Yeah, they like bring Jean out, and she's like tied up and everything. And they're like, "We're gonna kill Jean, and then you're gonna have to have sex with Callisto for uh, life." And Jean is like, "Uh, no." Yeah, because to Callisto, not Callisto, Jean immediately is like, "Uh, no, thank you." And she just like <laughs> bursts out of her chains with her telekinesis. Because I was wondering. Why she I was done really that glad yet? that that happened. Like, as soon as she gets brought out, she instantly uses her pa- superpowers, because she's, like, <laughs> ridiculously powerful, to get out of it and knock everybody else out. Except well, then her downfall is that she tries to quickly send a message to Professor Xavier. Which doesn't really work. Like, he can hear her. It doesn't, her. because as soon as she starts to send it, um, she can't she can't use her powers to like fight everybody off and send the message at the same time, apparently. So like she tries to send it and then passes out or something. It's pretty stupid. Yeah, and so they all pass out and the big dude knocks uh both Gene and Cyclops out and then he goes to beat up some Cyclops and more and Chris is like, No, I need his body, don't kill him. <laughs> oh, it's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. And then, like, then we cut to the X-Mansion, and Xavier's trying to pinpoint the location of where they were. Yeah, I actually didn't and then it mind quickly this goes to New York City because it was, like, super fast, and yeah. I don't think it, I think it needed to be fast, like, whatever. We need to just get the X-Men over there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they got there so fast. This is also a 16-minute episode. It's shorter than the other episodes. So, uh, he sends Gambit, Wolverine, Storm and um rogue, rogue into the subway because they he knows that's the last place he could get a beat on them and i also mm-hmm. this is when i was watching the episode and i was like you know it's actually really interesting that the x-men that we get to see the most in this show because sometimes we get to see like beast do something or cyclops and gene but like we usually see gene or sorry we usually see gambit rogue wolverine storm and jubilee stuff who are probably like the more questionable x-men <laughs> What do you mean by questionable? Because all five of them are the ones that have, like, the criminal pasts. Oh. So, like, I... And I, I thought I, you just meant they were, like, the 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 four where we're, like, what sexuality are they? I mean, that too. But I'm just assuming <laughs> they're all bisexual. All of them. I know. 
Uh, because like four questionable questioning X-Men. Oh, right, right. Because then we're going downstairs into the subway and Rogue's like checking on her girlfriend and be like, Storm, you okay? And Storm's like, I'm fine. Like they're walking down a staircase. Of course she's fine. Like she's not even know, in a tight space so yet. they're so cute. I wrote this down too. I love them in this episode. I, I can't believe that Rogue and Storm are like fucking dating. I don't remember this at all, but like. I don't either, but they're like blatantly dating. <laughs> like really blatantly to the point where me, the gay man's like, look at these cute ladies dating it's really adorable i'm into it me too i'm into it also and so then gambit says something like he's like it's real tight down here wolverine (laughs) if it gets rough wink wink and wolverine's like shut up cajun (laughs) and wolverine's like listen i'm in a stray mood today i'm all about gene today i'm not interested right now well gambit's like really fucking horny because he was just hanging out with rogue in a bathing suit and he can't touch her so there's all that shit so anyway, so Storm leads them, and she tells Wolverine to pick uses like sniffing powers <laughs> to fucking find the right scent and lead the way. Yeah, Wolverine is really stressed out, by the way, because Jean's been kidnapped, so that's like a big deal for him right now. Yeah, and so they're still walking around, and Gambit's still saying stupid shit. He's like, Scott and Jean pick one strange place to go on a date, huh? And Wolverine's and like, Wolverine's shut, like up! shut up! <laughs> Stop mentioning that they're together. I can't emotionally handle it because I'm Logan. I know. And then he like stops her and he's like, he's like, I got a scent. And Gambit's all like, maybe somebody's tracking us. And then of course, all the fucking Morlocks attack of Rogue is like beating the good, the big dude. And she's like, the roaches sure grow big down here. But don't they find Jean before that? No. Because Storm they're, they're like doing... you, Storm's powers are suddenly shooting beams of light. I like... know. I think it's supposed to be lightning, but they got lazy. I know. I know. Oh, and Wolverine and Gambit get like cemented to the wall sexually together. They do, but Gambit is like trying to make it happen and Wolverine is just like, no. Well, Gambit's Gambit like, is, like, like situation, eh? <laughs> He's like, sticky situation. Guess we gotta be right next to each other, Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine's like, hell no. Like, Wolverine is like, out. get me to Gene. Yeah, he's in a Gene mood today. God, Wolverine's fucking all the X-Men. He really is. Those lucky ducks. So then they crawl into a vent or something. I don't know, like some tube. And Storm is freaking out during it. And Gambit's like, help her. She's not going to make it. And Wolverine's like, let her ask. And then he just says, shh, which I love because Storm's fine. And I, I love that Wolverine respects that Storm's leading the mission. And that if she's having a problem, that he's like, Storm will come to us if she has a problem. But, like, until then, we have to listen to what she says. He also, like, literally says that. He's like, she'll tell us if she needs help, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and I I think it's, like, another layer of why I love Wolverine is that he's actually, he's big and big and gruff and, like, obsessed with guys <laughs> but he's like he's like such a softy towards other people's feelings like and he respects women that's like it's, it's hard cool. to come and by I these think men it's also kind of like a hint that wolverine himself has ptsd too and like knows what he would want and like what his needs would be i yeah. mean not that we've like gotten into any of that with his character yet, i mean but also like, he's pretty like, much all the x-men have passed trauma of some kind right and there's a whole part where he's also dating storm and that is canon so <laughs> well like they're 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 not dating now because right now show on this but show storm and rogue are dating that's Thank you that is exactly much. what's happening right now so they crawl out of this vent and then they find a door that's just fucking randomly there and somehow storm unlocks storm the door with her lightning and jean sure. is in the in this closet with the uh, anna lee the grandmother mm-hmm. and the lady's like oh please leave us alone and jean's like mommy who are these people <laughs> 
Jean has like clearly been brainwashed. Wolverine's like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine's like, you picked the lo- wrong lady to adopt. And, and then like, she's like, turns funny. to Wolverine and she's like, hovered and scorpions. And Wolverine's like, there's scorpions all over me. And he, <laughs> and he starts freaking out. And I was like, what the I've hell? I've definitely seen this gif before of just Wolverine covering, and covering scorpions. scorpions. But he manages to snap out of it and attacks and like, the granny runs away and Jean passes out and then sort of comes back and she's like, we need to help Cyclops. Yeah, I actually really liked the animation here. I, t- I wrote a note about this dialogue because it's like as soon as Jean comes to at first, she's like sort of cuddling Logan and then immediately she remembers Scott and like Wolverine's little brief expressions of like sadness that just very slowly turn into anger over the course that. of this scene. It's like really subtle. And by the end of the scene, Wolverine just looks really fucking mad. Yeah. But at the beginning, he's like very sad. She's like, oh, no, we're Cyclops. It's just cool. I like it god wolverine i love you good i I will date you wolverine come hit me up (laughs) yeah it's kind of a sad scene though because it's like yet another moment where like wolverine's getting fucked over right so then so then they run into callisto and she's like you're too late x-men no one can help him now and she points to cyclops who's passed out as usual because cyclops is fucking useless and mm-hmm. she's just don't, she's there and he appears dead and she starts crying like Jean starts like crying by him. Yeah, and Callisto is like encouraging everyone to think he's dead and being like, He was a great warrior, but now it's over. And it's you like, may leave fuck? to the surface and never return. <laughs> he's definitely dead. And completely one hundred percent he is dead and not in my bedroom. <laughs> and then Cyclops like wakes up and he's like, uh, I'm actually fine. Um Yeah, that's not what happens. <laughs> so Wolverine growls and he's like great warrior huh what if we take him back in pieces which is sort of like does wolverine want to cut up cyclops because he wants to fucking cut up cyclops no matter who it is or you know because he knows it's not cyclops doesn't really matter wolverine pretends to attack this dude and it turns out to be a shapeshifter who runs away screaming and everyone's like what and gene's like so surprised i'm like nice psychic powers you got there gene good job you like didn't even fucking try like come on uh so Wolverine has this line here that's really fucking. He just goes, Psych has his problems, but he don't smell like a Morlock. I was like, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. What is Wolverine a person with. Wolverine can smell things. I was going like, Wolverine can joke. smell people's anxiety and problems because that's a new one. <laughs> I think the implication is that since the Morlocks all live in the sewer, they smell like shit. <laughs> that was, oh that was what I took from it anyway. Um, and so he's like, he's like, we're going to have to persuade to, to give them back to us. And so instead of persuasion happening, we have this insane battle that I like try to write notes on, but it's fucking all over the place. I don't know what's happening. Like, like, okay. So, so a ceiling, the ceiling turns into a woman who, like, knocks Storm into a cement cocoon, and then she breaks out, and she's pissed, and then the big dude is fighting Rogue, and he's like, come back here and fight fair, Rogue punches him. Yeah, and he's, him. like, swinging a metal two-by-four Yeah, and Rogue's, like, punching him, she goes, that fair enough? Meanwhile, Wolverine and Callisto are fighting, and she's like, 
he like breaks apart her like stupid Skeletor staff that she's wielding, and then yeah. like a fucking Zora from Zelda appears and throws a ball of light at Gambit, and a woman turns into a fucking dinosaur who is she's yeah. an actual character. She's her name is Scaleface. I, it was I did pretty get that funny one. when that happened because I think like Gambit is fighting her and he's like, whoa. I know, I know he's fighting her and Storm shoots lightning <laughs> at it. And then like Storm flies at this other person who turns into a fucking hula hoop. And I was like, mm-hmm. the fuck is this battle? <laughs> it was enjoyable to watch, though. I I'll watched it. I had much. to watch it like two or three times to catch what was happening. But it was definitely like, what the fuck is happening? And some of these characters were like made up. Some of them weren't. Like Scaleface is the dinosaur, and that is a character who like died also. And then and a different hypnosis granny shows up. There's like another one that's not yeah. Anna it's a completely separate hypnosis granny who I don't know the name of. So anyway, Rogue flies over and punches out the guy with a wacky '90s sound effect, which I thought was great. And Storm tells Rogue to take Gambit back to the mansion. Oh wait. No, 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 because, like, the hypnosis granny doesn't use hypnosis. He use, she uses, like, an actual... I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I take everything back, everyone. Wait, what? When does the Wolverine mind control thing happen? Is that what you're thinking of? Because that's what... That's okay. Annalise. I got confused here because I thought it was a hypnosis lady, but it's actually Plague, the character Plague. Um, oh, right. Because she... Because he, he like, has the ability... Or she... I don't know if it's a he or she, honestly. And uh, it doesn't really matter. Um the they use this character like uses their plague ability to like make everybody sick well, all of a sudden and... mostly gambit and so storm tells rogue to take gambit back god this all happens in like one that's, minute this, by the that's way. why i'm like this uh, the fucking i don't know what the fuck is happening i had to watch it multiple times and you did a better job than i did because i well I no i didn't because i just got it. two characters confused i know who plague is so i was like i blame the x-men uh, this was a confusing episode for sure all right so Callisto runs away and wolverine is chasing her and wolverine's like run all you like lady i like to hunt yeah wolverine's then, running after Callisto saying this it's right. weird i know but then he stops and sniffs the air like a fucking idiot and he's like <laughs> cyclops and so he like breaks down the door and he finds cyclops like passed out on Callisto's like sex dungeon bed mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like i could beat up cyclops or and a couple of women would be really sad about it but i won't yeah he's like i just can't stand to see dream cry but then i was like who's the other woman is it you wolverine callisto oh <laughs> oh god i just mocked my hold on <laughs> hello I just knocked my headphones. I laughed so hard. I knocked my headphones out of my computer. I like how you didn't know that. I just assumed it was Wolverine being like, Gene and me, the other woman. <laughs> oh, my God. Shit. Oh, okay, my God. Well, well, it's, it's pretty obviously Callisto. Anyway, Callisto is like listening in on this and she's like somehow manages to extrapolate from this that Wolverine has feelings for Jane, which is honestly a huge leap. Right. So then she uses uh, Granny Anna Lee to control what well, like hypnotize Wolverine into thinking that Cyclops is is keeping gene from him by saying which he is yeah. basically annalee just like inflates wolverine's anger somehow right and, and she's like, she keeps repeating him. she's like you keep me from what's mine and gene tries to snap him out of it with her psychic powers and then she turns to wolverine and he's like she's making you love her <clears throat> and wolverine's going towards her to claw them and he like 
freaks out and he's like crying he's like i can't it's pretty intense yeah and then gene finally realizes that he she could just use her psychic powers to knock <laughs> anna lee out yeah slow on the uptake there gene yeah gene is is kind of like she does some cool stuff in this episode but it kind of like takes her a second each time to be like oh right i'm one of the most She's, powerful x-men maybe <laughs> i should I be like helping too. everyone oh my god so then callisto threatens to kill all the x-men mm-hmm. unless their leader agrees to their terms which i guess and their leader is storm right. thank god it's not cyclops because cyclops <laughs> is a fucking waste of space in this and so storm yeah. is like she's like all right no this is what we're gonna do i'm gonna challenge you Callisto, and if i win you're gonna freeze cyclops and i'm gonna be the leader of the morlocks mm-hmm. and they're they're not gonna fight using their powers this right, is right, just right. like a classic duel Right, it's like, you know, the 80s here. With lightsabers. Right, oh, we haven't even gotten to that yet. (laughs) But, like, so she's like, if you don't do this, your Morlock's gonna lose the respect for you. And Kalisto's like, yeah, whatever, I'm still gonna win. And Wolverine's like, this is fucking nuts. (laughs) He's not wrong. No, he's he's not. He's not. And then so... (laughs) They don't use powers, so instead they use lightsabers, as you said, like specifically like the double lightsabers that yeah, they Darth both Maul. have like Darth Maul lightsabers, and Kalisto has a red one, and Storm has a blue one. But it's not even—they're really not lightsabers, but they look like lightsabers. I mean, what are they? I mean, are I they? Don't I just like this know. series. This idea that suddenly Storm became a Jedi and Kalisto is like the Sith Lord. I don't know I mean, what the for fuck. For some reason, that's what is happening. I don't know. And so she. So first of all, like Kalisto is like batting at storm and storms moving slowly and Kalisto's like you're slow storm surface life has made you soft and wolverine's just like yeah yeah keep your head in the game girl come on keep it going and i'm like wolverine's like rooting storm on which i think is cute number one it is cute uh, again one of those moments that i really love about wolverine yeah um, he's a supportive guy uh, no it's just like one of those those moments where you're like wolverine gets so turned on by women who are like strong and in charge and stepping on his nuts like he's into that <laughs> like he's like he's like i like my women in charge of like the entire world that's the way i want them and it's like <laughs> so basically like storm and Callisto fighting is like the climax of this episode is like right. these two female characters fighting which is actually pretty fucking cool yeah it uh as Storm- much as Callisto is like a parody of a villain like she's so villainous it's insane it's it's out of control but and whatever. so storm beats her and like it. throws her to the ground and she's like you lost but you shall not die killing is not the x-men's way i and wrote s- that down i was like that's not really true storm <laughs> you guys totally kill people but all right yeah seriously actually they usually don't kill other mutants if they can you avoid know it, canonically though. storm she i mean she loves to fight and she loves to beat her opponent down to a bloody pulp like near death but she doesn't actually enjoy killing them and that's sort of like a a, a rift between her and wolverine usually is because like she'll stop and be like gain control Wolverine's like whoops they're dead <laughs> like yeah so i mean i i believe that i would i get that it's not storm's way but she's like it's not the x-men way maybe that's her trying to like introduce a concept to the X-Men since she's in charge for the moment. <laughs> and like later on, everyone is going to be like, yeah, Storm, that whole no killing thing you suggested earlier, we're not going to stick with that at all. Right. Like, so no one's doing that. You know, nobody's, nobody's here for this. Uh, so then Storm <laughs> is like, you know, she's like, as your leader, you can come have safe haven in the X-Mansion. 
But then Anna Lee's like, well, our pace is down here. And then fucking Cement Dude is like, we'll come up when humanity accepts mutants. And then Storm's like, when such acceptance is achieved, I will come back for you. Until then, Callisto will rule in my place. So basically nothing's changed, except that they could take Cyclops home, who finally wakes up all of a sudden. And Scott's like, what did I miss? da 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 <laughs> He like literally says that. Too. I know, and Jean's and Jean like, laughs, and she's like, "Not much." And it's like, Jean, a whole bunch of crazy shit just happened. You fucking just lied to him. Well, she's gonna tell him later. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't as mad well, about oh, sorry. it as she you was, apparently were. <laughs> she was too enamored by how beautiful his eyes were. Yeah, she does make mention of that. And then they start making out, and Wolverine just like starts crying and leaves. I know. And so then it goes back to the med lab where Gambit is like horribly inflicted by this disease. And Xavier's like, well, I'm glad that everything's all right. And everyone's like, ha 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 ha. And everyone's just like laughing like Harvey Birdman style. And it's like, Xavier, Xavier's like dead on the table. Xavier like makes a joke. He's like, Scott and Jean, how was your date? Was it memorable? I also, I just said Xavier's dead on the table because I really want Xavier. I meant to say Gambit. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, so he does say that. He's like, was your date sufficiently memorable? And Scott's like, yeah, thanks for the sweet date, Xavier. Now we need a vacation. And I was like, Xavier, you, like, sent them into, like, a death camp, essentially, but whatever. Um, and so then they go to check on... Well, the end of the episode is just Cyclops and Jean going back and being like, right, let's but, go say hi to Logan again. But before that, Xavier makes a comment to Storm about how she's a great leader and she did a really mm-hmm. good job down there. And, I, you know, I think that's fair because we've seen five episodes now. And this is the first episode where Storm led. And it's also the only episode where, like, the X-Men didn't, fit, like, horribly fail. Yeah, it's true. They actually, like, did everything correctly. And Storm is kind of self-deprecatory, where she's like, we barely survived this. And Xavier's like, yes, but you all survived. And, yeah, you, yeah know, you all survived. Remember you... that mission where Cyclops <laughs> was in charge and Morph died? Remember that mission that we went into the fucking chemical plant and a bunch of people almost died? <laughs> Remember the mission where I had to inflict PTSD on my ex-boyfriend? Oh, you remember that I mission was where a little I threw, <laughs> Remember that mission I sent you to a place with nuclear warheads with no plans and you almost commit suicide trying to do, take care of it? So anyway, Xavier points out that every other mission they've done has gone horribly <laughs> and that this is the only mission that's like actually gone pretty okay yeah, considering. Yeah. yeah. So then Scott and Jean go to check on Wolverine to thank Which, him why, for what they by did. by the way? I, well, because, like, Jean's... This is, like, one of those ones where Jean's like, let's just go check out um, Wolverine and re- remind him let's that he... Let's go the two of us holding hands and into thank Wolverine's him bedroom. for saving us and letting us make out in front of him and saving our relationship again and just, like... <laughs> We're going to go in and just thank them as a couple, even though I just want to, like, fuck Wolverine's brains out. But it doesn't matter. Let's go say thank you. And and then they go in, they open the door, and Wolverine's not there, and it's been torn apart. To the best of Wolverine's place can be torn apart, because he doesn't fucking own anything. There's, like, a lamp overturned. Yeah, there's, like, a couple blankets on the ground. It actually doesn't really look like he may have left the premises. Yeah, it just looks like he kind of threw a little tantrum. Yeah, and Gene screams... He's gone! And I was like, no shit, Gene. Like, we all just saw that. Uh, And then the final shot is the ripped up photo of Cyclops Mm -hmm. and Gene. It says, to be continued, dot, dot, dot. 
And that's where this episode ends. And I realize what the next episode is, and I'm really not excited about it because this is now this this is sort of the marketing of when, like we have an overarching plot, but we're welcoming the idea of just going off the rails also. <laughs> Wait, what's the next episode? I want to say it's like Cold Hearts or not Cold Hearts. It's like Cold Vengeance or something. Um, I have to look it up, but it, I'm and pretty it's all about Cold Vengeance. It's either about Sabretooth and Wolverine or Omega Red and Wolverine. I can't remember which one. OK, but it's going to be a Wolverine app. Yeah, it's going to be about Wolverine. So cool, cool, cool. Gotta love a Wolverine app. Yep. Um, so this episode was silly. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's one way you could put it. I enjoyed watching it, but not because it was good. Um, <laughs> you, like, I, you enjoyed it because it made you laugh. It definitely made me laugh. I, I mean, I guess, I guess we could talk about the political meaning behind the episode. Is there any? I mean, yes. There's the the fact the Morlocks exist. That's the thing. Is that okay? Apparently, that there's a like a variant of mutants of this subculture of like so imagine if like there were gay people that had to go live underground because it was too dangerous because they were too obviously gay right which because was, because they're like ninja turtles or oh, whatever yeah, sure but like you know i was thinking more like it's like the 90s and 80s were like no, i know you're being serious yeah, i know yeah. i know I well know. I, no but I, I mean i wish the ninja turtles were there because it would make this episode <laughs> significantly better uh <laughs> Like no, it's okay. I'm I mean, it would have been like Morlocks. Part of our no, show. no, it would have been Morlocks and pizza and Leatherhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I mean, like, you know, the homelessness epidemic, yeah. which is ongoing. Like, you know, queer kids having to run away from home and live underground or in sewers or whatever. I mean, like, that's real. That happens. Yeah, you know? and I think during the nineties, when and things now, were... like, that's that still happens. Yeah, kids still. Right, it's, to... it's still it still happens, but there's a little bit more support for it now than there was then. I mean, I guess that's questionable there's because more institutional all... support. I mean, like, I guess our current ins- administration is going to try to get rid of some of these shelters and right, things right. that are for like you know young kids that have been turned out of their homes. I, I'm thinking about how it was when we were kids because right. you and i were both show like was made right. when this show came out and you and i were both around this time sort of figuring out that we were at least bisexual at that time so like but we couldn't tell anyone because like you know i think i mean there's definitely still pressure now for kids yeah, absolutely I, but it's, i mean like my parents are pretty cool but like everybody at my school was a huge piece of shit yeah so that definitely like influenced my feelings about it right and so like there was definitely that real threat of like if you came out as gay you would be kicked out of your home, and uh, and I think that's sort of what and the that Morlock, everybody, people would beat you up. Yeah, that's and that's that's sort of like the underlying politics of the Morlocks. It's like you can't, it's not safe for you to live with the humans because they're going to be fucking awful to you, right? Or because you don't you don't like seem like other people. And I mean, I think there's also kind of like a maybe fucked up disability narrative there, okay, which isn't really thought out. Yeah, but. and there's also, I, I'm going to point this out, but there's definitely, like, a nod to, like, black slavery here, because it's not, it's literally, like, the, like instead of a figurative underground railroad, it's, like, literally an underground railroad. But it's kind of 
like entirely fictional though, because it, it sort of like brings to mind like some of the stuff that Magneto does later. And like this, or this hasn't really happened in real life where like marginalized people create their own society underground. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that isn't like, obviously the underground railroad allowed people to like escape a horrible situation and like go somewhere else. But this is like sort of positing a more extreme version of that where it's like, not only are we going to escape a horrible situation, we're going to create our own society like that. I mean, okay, maybe that happens in real life and I just don't know about those societies. Yeah. It's where the chud live. Yeah. 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 Um, also I guess we should mention that like Morlocks are based on like HG Wells time machine. You knew that, right? I did. I I was reading, uh, which is a political allegory. Yeah. I mean, that was a whole thing with them, but, Although, although the time machine is like super weird, but yeah, I, I, I was trying to figure out how to relate it in, but you, you can go for it if you can. I mean, okay. I, I don't know a ton about it, but okay. So, so in the time machine, it's just kind of like an allegory for actual society where you go, this guy goes in a time machine and then he like, you know, goes to this other time and there's these Aloy who are like these beautiful rich people and they're on the upper level of the world and then eventually he realizes that these Morlocks are like they're basically represent poor people and they're uneducated and they live underground and it's sort of like the time machine is supposed to be like this commentary about like class dynamics. All sorts of things have been influenced by this story i don't know enough about like the time machine history to like say what type of political thing was being said by it people can write in and tell us if they know more about the time machine i've only seen that and how it movie like adaptation relates of it. to the morlocks yeah i haven't what? even seen that i was just saying and they could tell us how it relates to the morlocks yeah i think i think that it probably is just inspired in name but um, I think like nowadays people look at the time machine thing and they sort of extrapolate like, oh, the Morlocks are supposed to represent like the proletariat rising up and like rising up against oppression and like the rich the, the this like small minority of rich people like are going to be overthrown by this like morass of poor people who live underground. Yeah, totally. Like like that's a pretty common story. Um, and I think the Morlocks kind of represent like yet another form of that in, in X-Men where they they're like they're not only mutants they're like mutants that can't pass for human and that i i don't know i'm i'm always like hesitant about the literal metaphors that x-men tries to do because, because it's it, like it just doesn't work it doesn't really work and it's like too fantastical because like turning into a dinosaur is like not really the same it's like <laughs> you know oh we didn't being. even mention fucking like that girl that looks like a rainbow and her ability to turn yeah. into like a piece of paper what's with the rainbow girl i think her name is she looked like a she-ra character i was she like really glamour did. Doing i here? said the same thing i was like what Glamour is here, and she can turn into a 2D piece of paper. Her name is Tommy. It's a cute name. Yeah, but, oh my god, her whole deal, I read, that was what I read last night, was the beginning of the Mutant Massacre, and she's, like, running away with one of these Hellions, and she makes it all the way back to the Morlock Tunnels, and the Marauders show up, and they're like, oh, we followed you the whole time, we just wanted you to lead us here, and then they shoot her in the face, and she dies. Wow. That. Guys, X Men comics are pretty ice cold. There, it was. It's during the Chris Claremont uh, era, and he has always been somebody that him and fucking Grant Morrison are relentless about pointing out the facts that like the X Men live in a terrifying universe, and the 
uh, parallels to our universe they're they're all mm-hmm. about comparing those two things and they're like this is what would really happen it's pretty yeah, bad people would die like you know so um hate crimes would exist so yeah. can we also talk about i mean aside from the morlocks living underground can we talk about that this is a rare occasion where we see a man objectified in the way that a woman yeah. would in these I, typical uh, situations and, and i i'm not saying that like i, I it's I, not like good no it's not <laughs> good but it is a rare situation where because it usually it's always a woman that's a damsel in distress used as an object of sexual desire and you know in this what i appreciated about this usually when a male character is kidnapped by an evil lady it's it's played for laughs yeah and it's like it's not presented as like a real threat and usually the male character is like oh no don't sexually harass me evil lady like usually that's like how it yeah, is yeah he, he says that as but he's like getting show, the lube i know i mean like he makes a joke he makes like some jokes about it but like she's presented as a real serious threat you know like she's not like a joke like no, she she's, could kill them she's not, you know what i mean like she's like an around. actual real villain and i think i think that improves it kind of because it's like oh she's a predator but i did write in this like it's a little weird that the x-men like aren't more disturbed by the fact that she kidnapped cyclops and that they just let her off at the end but i think that's kind of classic x-men because they're constantly like let's give this mass murderer or like maybe rapist another chance because we're the x-men and we forgive people and like that can be their flaw sometimes yeah they could just murder a bunch of people and children but you know we, I mean, we accepted Wolverine a once a time, once upon a time. They, so like it, it's kind of an X-Men problem and it's a Professor Xavier problem that like is sort of reflected here is that like, OK, so this woman was going to like kidnap Cyclops and rape him. And they're oh, right. like, because like, it's honestly fine. She's letting us have Cyclops back. So we're cool. Yeah. Like, and really? if Magneto was leading this and he was like, he found this Magneto out, he would, would fucking like, yeah, he would just sort of be like, <laughs> fuck you. You Magneto like, would be like, you are in a terrible person. She's like, he's like, you are trash. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, this is like that situation where like this this sort of I'm I'm not gonna go off on tangent about this, but it reminds me a lot of like what like Batman versus somebody like Huntress because Batman's like that no killing. Yeah, everyone's forgivable, and Huntress mm-hmm. is like, no, we should kill them because if you just fucking killed the Joker, we wouldn't be like having mass massacres like once a year (laughs) every month (laughs) like you know uh so you know i think that's kind of like the difference between xavier and magneto too it's like you know like magneto is just so much more extreme but i do think it's like i I did think it was very interesting to see cyclops as a sexual object Uh, yeah it was interesting and it was it was kind of cool to because i hadn't remembered this episode there were parts of it that i remembered like i remembered annalee but i didn't remember like the framing of it you right know? yeah and it's i mean it's just it's not like it's good like i'm not saying it's a good thing but it is no i think we should objectify men i've thought about it and <laughs> i think we should systematically objectify men and impose a major well if we're gonna if we're gonna like make up for all the times they did that to women in human I, history I mean, i'm just saying we, we got a long way it. to go so <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cool that Jean actually got some stuff to do in this episode. I thought it was cool that we had like a female villain and that we had like a lot of really cool moments for the female characters I, I in the like episode. The... Like genuinely, I thought all of that was really neat. Right. And, and I like that Jean was a damsel in distress for two seconds, but then broke out of it 
And she's yeah. like, no, no, I can take care of myself now that I'm conscious again. Meanwhile, so, Cyclops was kidnapped and out of commission for like the entire rep. Like repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, like, he keeps like getting away. These are, this yeah. isn't even politics. And Gambit just, was the one who gets sick at the end, not Rogue. Like yeah. there's some interesting choices that they make. Um, but I don't know if they're going to stick with that for the entire rest and of the also, show. It also features, again, PTSD. Yeah. Because because Xavier fucking keeps on trying to I mean, they don't call it that on the show, but that's no, like but a that's running what's theme happening. on the show. And Storm, like, you know, she is having an attack when she's in the yeah, tunnels. Yeah, she's having like a flashback. But she, she manages to, to trudge on. So far on this show, it's been five episodes in, but the women are doing a lot better than the men are. Because Wolverine is like crying and like running <laughs> around about like all of his fucking emo shit. And Cyclops is too busy thinking about how great it is to be an X-Men. And Xavier's just being a fucking douchebag and Gambit's sick. And then everybody else, then all the women are just like, fine. Yeah, they're pretty tough. I think I that's that's... I think that's the X-Men right there. Like, I think traditionally in the canon of the comic books, the men are a lot more emotionally distraught than any of the women are. And that's awesome. I actually think that so. that is what is interesting about superhero stories is yeah. like emotional stories. That's why it's good. Yeah. I mean, that's why I like this show is because we get to kind of see the X-Men being really emotional right. and fucking each other. Those are the two things I'm here for. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> I'm also here to tell facts about the X-Men. Oh, yeah, let's talk about them. On Who's That X-Men? All right. So today we're doing Callisto, and Maddie was like, what are we going to do, Gene? And I'm like, don't forget, Gene has an eight-part Phoenix saga coming up, so we'll get there. Oh, my God. You're Uh, right. uh, They all have origin stories, so we will get to Cyclops and Wolverine and all of them, and that day is not today. Today we are talking about Callisto. Uh, because she is a major part of the X-Men universe, uh, even though she doesn't do quite as much historically in the comics as a lot of these other villains and characters do. But she, you know, the Morlocks are a big part of the X-Men history, and she led the Morlocks. So Callisto's mutant abilities include superhero senses, so she can, like, she doesn't hear even use and them smell. In this episode, she doesn't use way. any fucking powers in this episode. But she's got, like, she can do all the same shit that Wolverine can in terms of, like, smelling and hearing shit and tasting all tracking that. Tracking abilities. Yeah, tracking <laughs> abilities for laser beams of the ozone. Uh, <laughs> uh, she also has heightened speed, strength, agility, and reflexes, and an accelerated healing factor. So... Uh, she's just like a super soldier, essentially, but like an ugly one, I guess. <laughs> like, I mean, she has facial scars. I thought she wasn't too bad. Looking. I don't either. I think Callista's whole the whole Morlock thing isn't even. It's uh, like y'all need to just work on your self esteem. You look fine. Yeah, seriously, it's like fucking when we rewatch Demon Two, and like we kept on saying how ugly you and I were, and I was like, <laughs> did we have a problem with ourselves back then? Because I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's that's Callista's deal. And she has scars all over her face that is proof of some dumb mistake she she did by trying to live among normal humans. But it's never, ever been specified as to what that was, ever. So we, you know, nobody knows why Callisto has scars, except that... Probably, like, a hate crime, then. If At, at least that's the implication, I feel like. Yeah, that's that's it. So, basically, she goes underground into the sewers and makes herself nice and home in a cold like an old cold war bomb shelter in the sewers of new york city and she meets cool. caliban who's not in this episode which is weird that they chose to not to put him in there because he and callisto do everything together and he has the ability to like track other mutants right i i wonder if maybe they thought that would just be too complicated 
I don't because know. Because there's already like a lot going on in this episode. I mean, there's there's something going on. There's a lot so of bad like, doodles not, going let's on. Let's not introduce Caliban because he has a power that like would be difficult to animate or explain. Well, he could like, just be like I sense whatever, whatever. They just need to write some dialogue that wasn't shitty. Nope, can't can't do it. It is the X Men ninety show. So, uh, so she works with Caliban to track other mutants that need their help, like her, and she creates this safe haven. In the underground tunnels, and she calls themselves the Morlocks, mm-hmm. and you know she does this up until the point where we she runs into the X Men, and it's a similar story arc, but instead of Cyclops being kidnapped, it's Archangel because she wants to fuck him because he's beautiful. Like Angel is supposed to be like the most gorgeous man on the face of the planet in the X Men universe. So uh, is she still like evil in the comics? Yeah, well, like it, this evil. Cause, cause everything that you've described is like actually pretty nice so far. Well, she's like well, you know she I mean? she walks a line. It's Callisto, where she just All right. she. Because I feel like she seems like a pretty chill person up up until she's kidnapping a guy well, to make no. him her sex slave. So like, that's around when a line is crossed. Yeah, I know. It, it's a little. <laughs> it's like she she's already making Angel be her yeah. sex slave, and so anyway, instead of Gambit getting the plague, plague attacks Kitty Pride. And so she mm-hmm. needs medical attention, and they're like, we need to bring Kitty up to the surface. And Callista's like, no, you have to stay here so I can fuck your X-Men all day long and all night long. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. And Storm's like, no, you know what? I'm going to challenge you to, like, a duel. And if I win, we're going to go up to the surface, and also you're going to release Angel, and I'm going to rule the Morlocks. And so, as we know, uh, Storm wins. And in this case, she doesn't hand off the um morlocks back to callisto yet it does eventually happen but it wasn't right away there was some time that passed uh, right like she rules over the morlocks for a bit yeah and storm and callisto like come into they they storm and callisto have like a rivalry for the rest of the series like for instance there's like a period of time where the wizard kulan gath transfers new york city into the hiberian age which is supposed to be like like literally they just go all the x-men become part of the conan the barbarian universe for some reason <laughs> uh so in this hiberian age of conan the barbarian storm and callisto fight again but as barbarians and storm wins again and she's supposed to kill her but instead she helps callisto escape um and then later on callisto once when she like is sort of maybe a little bit leading the morlocks again maybe not because she like doesn't really go fully back after she's defeated she kind of wanders for a long time um she allies herself with the X-Men and she like saves Xavier at some point. And then at another point she saves the power pack, which are like the four superpowered kids that run around in the Marvel universe who I'm assuming are adults now. Then it goes into the mutant massacre, which I've brought up multiple times in this. And that's when uh, the Marauders killed all the Morlocks in the Morlock tunnels. And uh, Callisto was badly hurt during that. And so she takes refuge with the X-Men and then, you know, during that time, she, like, basically tells Storm that she respects her and that she shouldn't stop leading the X-Men because she thinks that Storm's a really good leader. I mean, so that's 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 cool. I'm, I'm glad that she does that. And then time passes again. The, you know the character I mentioned earlier, Mask? He's one of the mm-hmm. Morlocks. He has the ability to, like, change people's physical appearance. So he, like, morphs Callisto into a supermodel, essentially, and she starts a modeling career. And she also starts dating Colossus, who, for a period of time in, like, the 80s, Colossus gets massive amnesia and, like, goes under another name of, like, Peter Nikolai, I think, or something like that. 
And, like, he just doesn't remember the X-Men or Callisto or anyone at all. And the two of them start dating. And everything's great. But then, meanwhile, since Callisto's, like, up being a hot supermodel, Mask is like, I'm going to horribly mutate all the Morlocks and then also, like, torture them. So then the Morlocks are, like, all pissed off. And, like, Callisto essentially, like, tries to help them out and, like, almost gets killed. And the healer of the Morlocks, like helps out Callisto even though the Morlocks essentially hate her now uh, and they heal her but that means all of her scars come back and her mutations as well and so then she gets pissed off as she teams up with like Colossus's brother and decides that she's gonna like go kill all the Morlocks for like turning against her even though she turned against them but then some I, I can't even explain this part because like this is when she like slips into an alternate reality and nothing actually happens so we're just gonna skip over that uh <laughs> comic books folks. it's fucking the x-men if they're not in an alternate universe and time traveling at the same time it's not an x-men comic and if they're also not all gay all right so then after that during the mutant massacre callisto like goes to colossus and warns the x-men that like after their the morlock tunnels had been like wiped out the remaining morlocks are going to go kill somebody for every morlock that was killed and so like callisto gives them a head up on that and during that time she witnesses the popular 90s x-men marrow who has the ability to like control her like bones and stuff like fight storm and then callista takes marrow under her wing as wayne sort of becomes her like mom figure for a long time until callisto is like badly wounded and she's like tells marrow to go live with the x-men so she does and then we don't see callisto for a lot of years after that she like didn't come back until the 2000s when it was the extreme x-men run and uh, we see her in Japan when she's in Mask's fighting ring where Mask is mutating people, making them fight each other. And Storm goes there and joins the arena and fights Kalisto again. So there's just like repeated storylines where Storm and Kalisto fight. Yeah, but the arena one is actually pretty good because that was... The, I, don't, I don't know if Chris Claremont was still writing at that point for Extreme X-Men. But it was like when Extreme X-Men brought Chris Claremont back and all these other great writers and they... It's really good. I highly suggest it. It was during the same time as New X-Men. It was when X-Men made a huge dark comeback in the 2000s. And I actually really like this because it was a great storyline for Storm being like a warrior. We should like recommend specific issues in the info section of our podcast description. I can I can set that up. I just mean like, you know, then people would know what to actually read because I comic books are really confusing. Like let's be real. Like I have trouble with it and I actually like have Marvel Unlimited and stuff. It's pretty hard you to You know what's like, actually really what's interesting what. is that back when we did our other podcast Insomniacs in the morning uh, people would ask us that all the time. They would be like, they where would. do we start? And, and we're like, it's like, it's so hyper specific. And we're like, okay, so here's the issues that we, we actually think are any good. And, and I think, I, I think when it comes to the X-Men, I always recommend Grant Morrison's run as a leaping point for the current generation of X-Men. Yeah. I just mean like if somebody wanted to like read the storm Callisto arc or read the actual yeah. thing that this episode is based on or whatever. Right. We could maybe, maybe we can make that happen. Uh, so anyway, so Mask tr like transforms Callisto's arms into like tentacles, so she has those for a while. But then you know, like she loses those, and during uh, House of M and M Day, Callisto is one of the mutants who loses her powers because nobody fucking cared about Callisto at that point. Um, and she tries to help rebuild Genosha for a little while, uh, but then she tries to get her powers back because Quicksilver offers her the Terrigen Mist. And it does work, but it makes her senses so acute that everything is so loud that it, like, is damaging her brain. 
like every like her senses are just too acute and she like goes into a coma magneto like finds out and he's like Pietro, you piece of shit you fucked up again you don't deserve to live and <laughs> like shit. i know like hospitalizes callisto until the mist wears off and then Callisto and Mero work for the government for a while called, and this this team called Excel. Uh, but they eventually escape and go hide underground in the, in the Morlock tunnels, and that's where Callisto is residing now. So, allegedly. We haven't seen her in a while, but that's where we last saw her. I was going back I mean, to the Morlock tunnels. that doesn't surprise me. Just ended up back, back at square one, like back Like, repeatedly. It's not a yeah. bad place to be. See, when I'm in a bad mood, I just want to go, like wait around and shit and piss in the sewers i'm into that i mean if society's rejecting you then living in the sewers doesn't seem like a terrible idea like if somebody scratched at my face and was like you're ugly and horrible <laughs> then i'd probably be like all right i guess i'll live in the sewers but i'd like to think that i wouldn't like make the leap towards kidnapping men to be my sex um, i wouldn't I'd do like that either i think I wouldn't do that. I mean, I would. I might have Wolverine as my sex slave if he is consensual about it, and it's Wolverine, yeah, and, and he probably just like will part be. Of like a role playing thing that you guys. Well, do. it's also Wolverine. He likes tentacles and bondage and that shit. So, yeah, totally. I would Which move... brings us to our next segment. Uh oh. <laughs> x-men of this episode and i think you know what i'm gonna say i think i'm on the same page as you i'm gonna say rogue and storm i'm going to too i think they're like this is the second time in the series that i've been like legitimately wondering if the writers had intentionally made it so that they were dating but didn't actually say that i feel like this is something that we like jokingly suggested in the first episode of this show and then like over time their relationship has like slowly <laughs> grown and i'm like i am i imagining this what is happening i this entire episode has like three separate scenes where they're either cuddling or making suggestive comments at each other or like just seem like they're dating on, uh, like i yeah i mean I'll like give... there's a point when like i think it's during the battle with the morlocks where like rogue goes and finds storm and they like touch foreheads and they're like having a close moment i was like this is really fucking gay like what's happening you right know now? they're not characters that i would normally put together either i would definitely I it's not like i see their comic book counterparts as like necessarily dating but in this specific version with the personalities that they have on this show yeah i can totally totally see it i mean i definitely will buy for 100 percent that canonically both of those characters are bisexual i really i really would because rogue is very flirtatious and i think storm is somebody who they've hinted at in the past as yeah, being somebody they both, who they both kind of like maybe hinted it yeah yeah storm and rogue for sure i know they've hinted it with like gambit wolverine nightcrawler as well but it's like that's like all the main X-Men and I guess they don't want to out all of them. <laughs> so Yeah. But the X-Men are just all bi and they're all dating. Yeah. I mean that's fine. Yeah. That's just how it is. Um but yeah, so <laughs> I like how I just I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's completely correct. Uh yeah, but I, I definitely was like, especially in the last episode when Rogue was like, Come back to me, baby. And like mm-hmm. and then this it's like the same thing. She's like concerned about what's happening with Storm. And but like, they're like they're like saying jokes to each other. It's just really cute. Yeah. I really liked them together in this. 
I did too. Um, I'll give a shout out to Gambit too for his like random suggestive comment to Wolverine. Yeah, I mean we've already seen them like fucking in the danger room I know, earlier in I the know. series. I thought so at first, clearly they hook up sometimes. You know what's really funny is that like when he was saying that line, I assumed he was talking to Rogue, but then Wolverine responded and I was <laughs> like, Oh, he's sitting on Wolverine again. <laughs> yeah. I mean Gambit's pretty gay. I'll give him I'll give Gambit the honorable mention here. But Wolverine doesn't engage with it. Wolverine is like, no, I'm not biting today, Cajun. Like, I'm not doing it today. He's 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 into something else today. So <laughs> it's like oh god, it's like when Wolverine wakes up in the morning, like it's like whoever he first encounters, like of the day, that's the he, one. He like imprints on them like an yeah. animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're who I want to fuck today. And if you're not interested in me, I'm just going to be really sad. <laughs> That's what my whole day is And then be it's like. like when he goes to sleep, it resets in the next morning. Like, and they're like, everybody's like hiding and being like, oh God, who's Wolverine going to see first when he comes out of the room? And like, he or opens the door. they're lining up. And I know. And they're all like in a fight with each other being like, which of us gets to fuck Logan today? <laughs> That's actually more likely. <laughs> There's like a fucking waiting line, like the DMV for Wolverine's dick. I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, this you line, gotta take a number. I was gonna say, if this line exists, I'll, I'll be camping out outside of Wolverine's door tonight. So, Hell yeah, like a midnight release. This is this is our show. <laughs> it's certainly something. Welcome to our show, everybody. I hope everybody's all right. I don't know. Uh, how... So, what do you what do you rate this episode? Um... I'll give it a three. It's not terrible, but it's not good either. But it made me laugh, so I think it's a good middle. It made me laugh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a two. Yeah. I really feel like it could have been better written. And no, I, I totally. But I, mean, I mean, there were a lot of things I enjoyed about it in terms of like the story, but it was so confusing. <laughs> I was just like I, I I didn't hate it, so that's why it's a three. I didn't for hate me. it either. I, I don't know. I think I guess I, I'll get, I'll bump it up to a two point five. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I I to be fair, I gave that episode with Magneto his intro episode like a two because I was like, this is you stupid. did you gave it a two. It was just like an and I gave it a three. I think. Yeah, I well, I thought it wasn't well written, but this is this one isn't either. But this one's also like so fucking wacky and like combines a lot of major story arcs from the comics. I really appreciate that this was like an awesome episode for all the female characters involved like you know we get to see storm and rogues romance we get to see storm facing off against Callisto. we get to see some great gene moments like there's some great moments yeah in this we episode. also see a lot of gender re- reversal in this too which yeah, is yeah, yeah. something that's i'm into cool. so i think that's like cool to see those those expectations getting subverted structurally on paper i love this episode in terms of like the actual dialogue though it's so bad like, jumping out no to me, it's really. also like you know what i mean it's also not like, well usually executed in these episodes i'm like this was a great dialogue moment or like this was like a fun interchange a lot of it was like not memorable yeah um so that's kind of too bad <laughs> but i structurally i liked the episode a lot uh, this is a good this is a good tv show um sometimes <laughs> you know what we haven't even hit x-men evolution yet 
I know, man. We got to get there. We do. We, we've got a we've got a year of this before we get there. <laughs> there's a lot of I, you know what? There's some of X Men Evolution that I do like, but like the first season I mean, is like same. really. I you know I still kind of like all those outfits because you know what we I were. I was gonna say I was like 2000s. yeah, I was gonna be like we I wore would still all that. Wear all of the clothes that Rogue wears. Yep. Although I would also make fun of them at the same time. There's not anybody that's like male on that show that I would just like because everybody dresses like super preppy except for rogue mm-hmm. so rogue has some cool outfits on that show i don't know why we're talking about this so i don't anyway, know either who had the coolest for... i was gonna be like who like had the coolest outfit in this episode i was gonna be like Callisto. Oh, we could do a separate segment for outfits do we really need in any more segments i'm just gonna say no, like i like Callisto's we really outfit. don't but actually i do no, think legitimately the two random people that get thrown onto the rails of the subway are wearing like two really great eighties outfits. I am going to point that out. I was not out. paying attention to that. You should take, you should post a screenshot of that on, on our Twitter. I should have. Incidentally, we have a Twitter. It's the mutant ages. And also Ryan and I are individually on Twitter. I'm at Mitty Myers. And I'm at Ryan Pagella. It's pretty hard. He's also on Instagram. At Ryan dot Pagella. Getting fancy. <laughs> I'm also on Twitch at Ryan Pagella. So cool um, um we have an email address so you can tell us which was your favorite outfit on this episode or or even you know, you know whatever you can tell us about the morlocks and what you think about them yeah you can also at make... the mutant ages at gmail.com yep it's really easy the mutant ages at gmail.com is that we said, said that? that well just in case the mutant, the age, the mutant, mutant ages. ages at gmail.com cyclops <laughs> Uh, and okay more importantly we have a patron uh we do and we have we've been getting some we get bring in some supporters and it's really awesome so if you're one of those people thank you for making this happen because the more people we have supporting our stuff the more shit we can make and we have a bunch of shit we want to make and there's some pretty cool backer only things you can get like yeah the soundtracks for our podcasts and also like looking at old scripts we've written and well we also post like old behind the scenes stuff and as we go into the end of this month and i think we're going to be shooting leon and jill we'll be posting some backer only stuff there so um yeah we've got a bunch of stuff to do and that's part of our main production company atomic blue productions so you can find that on patreon at atomic blue productions and you can also go to atomicblueproductions.com and find any of the leaking social media sites and our youtube channel which is atomic blue productions and i don't know where you're listening to this show but just so you know it's also on soundcloud itunes and now stitcher i don't really yeah. know what stitcher is but apparently we don't know what it is but we're on there we submitted our show and we it. did i i was just like why is and we were approved people were asking me about stitcher so as a submitted to stitcher <laughs> we made it happen folks you're welcome demand was high for stitcher and we have fulfilled that demand we you're have. welcome audience oh oh wait hold on so a thing that i'm doing right now is in between uh oh, each of our podcast making... episodes i'm releasing little tidbits of our episodes and putting them up on our youtube channel with the actual clips of the cartoons but with mm-hmm. our voiceovers. So we just posted... As requested, as requested by people who want more episode clips with, you know, clips from the cartoons. And it's pretty funny While this is a bi-weekly show for now, uh, you'll be getting those clips in between episodes. So at least there'll be a Mutant Age release of some kind every week. Yeah, I mean, you should subscribe to our YouTube anyway. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. That's it. Uh, we did it. And... 
Uh, Excelsior. You say that every time. Fellow mutants. Goodbye, my fellow mutants. I want to <laughs> fuck you all in my sex dungeon with Cyclops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait until I animate this episode. <laughs> okay, bye. Goodbye. Thank you. at atomicblueproductions.com or support us at patreon.com slash atomicblueproductions.